Welcome to another episode of Breaking Through with Elena. That's me. And this is the podcast that celebrates women in the entertainment industry and tells their stories of how they broke through in their field. I want to get right into things this week because mm, I'm a little biased. I have loved every guest on this show. That's the truth because I've only invited women who have had a positive impact on the industry, community, your life, and mine. I've had some women that have been in our lives for years and have given amazing insight and advice about career longevity and the responsibility they feel for those coming after them. But this week... It's my OG idol, guys. Someone who has significantly shaped my life and so many others. So yes, a little biased, but this may be my favorite conversation yet. Kristen Chenoweth is a Tony and Emmy Award winner who has more accomplishments than almost anyone in the entertainment industry. I mean, if for some reason you're not familiar with her, take four seconds to read like the first paragraph of her wiki page and your mind will be blown. Not only has she accomplished incredible things entertainment wise, she has also endlessly given back to her community. She's never had celebrity drama and I think you'd have a really hard time finding anyone with something bad to say about her. Which is saying a lot when you've had a solid career for over 20 years, which includes originating the role of Galinda in Wicked on Broadway and starring in one of my favorite shows that was a victim of the writer's strike, pushing daisies. Everyone has their unique reasons for idolizing people in the spotlight. And if you stick around until the end of this episode, you will hear mine. And spoiler alert, things get pretty emotional. If you're looking to get inspired right now, let's do this thing. Here's Breaking Through with Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen Chenoweth, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So I've got to be honest, I have known that you were coming for a few weeks now, and I've been racking my brain, like, where do I even start with this? Because I've been following you forever. You know, do I start with your good man, Charlie Brown? Do I start with Wicked? Do I start with The West Wing? Do I start with Glee? Do I start with the fact (laughs) you have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, maybe for the girls, which we will talk about. Thank you. Also, you know, your Emmy, your Tony, I don't know, the <laughs> five million other accomplishments you've had in your life. I didn't know where, but what I kind of came to was that I wanted to stay true to the message of this podcast. And I want to make sure that I tell your story, especially for people who might not know it for some reason. And we have a lot, a wide range of people that listen to this podcast. So yes. Kristen, I've never had a Broadway star on this show So where I want to start is how does a girl from Oklahoma actually learn about Broadway? Uh, First of all, I want to say thank you for letting me be the first. Oh, well, precious angel. (laughs) Um, Well, I I watched the Tony Awards. Mm -hmm. I watched Miss America and I watched every Christmas special. That's all I could do. I lived in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I could we could not afford to go to New York and see a Broadway show. Mm -hmm. But I had dreams of it. Um, My path's been a little windy. I grew up singing country music and gospel music. And at 19, I was hired to sing and dance at Opryland when it was the actual, (laughs) I know, I know it's a mall now, but back then it was a musical, you know, theme park. And my dad um, came to pick me up after the summer and said, you're going back to school. You know, I said, no, I'm, I'm not. And he said, no, you are. I said, no, ha- bye. Thanks for coming. <laughs> and he said, no, you're, because I really wanted to stay in Nashville. Yeah. But he wanted me to get my degree. And I did. And, you know, sometimes our journeys just take us in diff- We don't know what God has planned. And mm-hmm. I went and uh, got an opera degree, went to New York. And that began that process of 
music theater and opera. And I always come back to to Nashville whenever I can. I was here a year ago doing the symphony. But, you know, there's a big part of me that my roots are, and not, not these ones that need to be done on my head, <laughs> but the ones here, is Oklahoma. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just feels good to be, it feels like being home here. And though my path has been windy, it's been so fun to be able to do all kinds of all different types of styles of music. Yeah, and we're glad that you are because you show so much range and it's so interesting to watch. But first, before we I go to the next thing, are you, is it really hard for you to go over to Opryland now and not see yeah, the actual park there? It, it, is it weird to say it hurts my feelings? No, I think it hurts a lot of people's feelings. I just feel like that was the one place, even Disneyland, and I love, yeah, please, I have a big connection with Disney, but... Same. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. But like, they, nothing was live. In, at Opryland, all the musicians were live. We all sang live. We danced. I mean, I never worked harder, but I never had more fun. Yeah. And it's gone now. And I wish, I wish somebody would bring it back. I do too. I mean, there's a lot of that at Dollywood. I'm sure you've been over there, right? Okay. First of all, I, I've tried three times to go, but I want to go when she's there. Yeah, obviously. I've, I've given up. I've decided to go whether she's there or not this fall. I just went this past weekend and it's amazing, Did beautiful. Did you get anything from the store? No, I didn't. I know, a huge missed opportunity. I'll get you one because oh, we're well, the same you. size. We are. We'll just share it. Whatever yes. you get. I'm going to get two. <laughs> Hit me up. I'm done. So, okay, you actually get over to Broadway. And I, I grew up doing all kinds of Broadway companies and stuff. I was in Broadway Bound. Shout out to Broadway Bound out in Los Angeles. Yes, Broadway Bound. Right? But there is so, it was so competitive. Even in my little, you know, my little town theater company, it was very competitive, very catty, very everything. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine that on a grander scale. So what was it like actually getting to New York and getting to Broadway and trying to stand out out there? You know, when you're 4'11", and you sound like Betty Boop, (laughs) then immediately you're different. Mm -hmm. And it used to kind of be like, oh, man, what do I do with my differences? But I've realized, and I think a lot of my younger fans are realizing that the things that make us different make us special. So I decided to lead with that. Mm Mm-hmm. And once I let all that insecurity kind of like, well, I'm the shortest one here. And um, all I see are butts in this dance audition because, you know, <laughs> all these tall girls are there. Oh, I know the struggle. You know mm-hmm. the struggle. I know the struggle. And that's, I think, what got me parts and and also gave me the opportunity to originate roles. I love doing revivals, but I loved and, and putting my stamp on things that have been done, like like the record I've done just now, but mm-hmm. I love originating parts too. Yeah, and you got to originate one of the biggest parts that there is, Galinda in Wicked. <laughs> it's just crazy. Does it feel stuff. like it's been forever since then or does it feel like a the blink of an eye? You know, last year we did a TV special where they honored the music oh, yeah. and me and Adina and others came back to celebrate it and sing and stuff. So 16 years ago, and which was, I was only 16 then, so um, that's a joke. Uh, obviously. Oh. <laughs> but I, I was never good at math anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Me, yeah, I don't do math. Um, but I, I still can't believe I was a part of it. And I can't believe, because remember when Wicked started, well, maybe not a lot of people know this, but it was really the love story between Fierro and Elphaba. And then when I came in to do the readings, I'm not saying it was because of me. They just saw that Glenda and Elphaba were the real love story, this friendship. And it has all the elements that I love in any musical or movie or TV show, which is friendship, love, forgiveness, evolution. 
all those things, and it had it. And I thought, I don't know what the critics are going to say, but I know the I know the people are going to get it. Oh, yeah. And I did. And the cool thing is that no matter what age, I feel like people get it. Because I saw it. I don't know how I, like, fell into these amazing tickets. When you were on Broadway, I saw you as Glinda. What? In 20... Uh, 2002 it might have been it was like first year I think and I flew had a friend that had tickets and she couldn't go and I happened to be in New York that weekend and she was like do you want to go and I went and I saw you and and I remember being that young I mean it was an amazing experience you of course I mean people have seen you perform her a million times but it was really pretty life-changing and to understand that was the first Broadway show that I went to that I really understood the story. Yes. And it was so inspiring because at the time even, you know, I told you I was in this Broadway bound thing and and there wasn't a lot of sisterhood within there. Mm-mm. But I feel like after that and after that show became so popular, a sisterhood kind of started. I love that you bring that up because, you know, us women are kind of having a renaissance mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And I think we were doing that before it was like coming back. Right. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like, it was ahead of its time almost in, in the yeah. kind of way. And I yeah. think that's why. And I'll have like truck drivers come up and be like, I saw you in Wicked. Okay, I liked it. I'm like, <laughs> you, you can come out if yeah. you want and say that you liked it. It's all right. Uh-huh. But I love that the vast, like in my audiences, I'll see even today, little girls, married couples, of course, the LGBT community, yeah. of course, People, parents, people, my parents' age. It's vast, yeah. and I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, while we're talking about sisterhood and, and this this kind of renaissance that is happening right now, then was do you feel like there was a lot of space for women? Because you know, in the music industry, and it's hard in Hollywood as well, which I want to talk to you about. But on Broadway, was there any kind of animosity towards other women, or was there enough space for them? You know, I think. It's kind of like even how this how Nash is, Nash is in that once you're in, you've proven yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like we take bullets for each other. Yeah. Now, is there cattiness? You bet. There's cattiness in this life. And it doesn't matter. I'm convinced whatever industry you're in. But do you know that I, each show I do, we're all families. And there's always going to be dysfunction here and there a little bit. But mm-hmm. I would take a bullet. From every Broadway show I've done for any of the people, and, and they would for me. Do you feel like it took you a long time to get there? Because I mean, as a human being, for me, I came to this point where I want to support women and I want to cheer them on, and I don't want to feel like I'm competing with any of them. But it took me a while to get there, and it was quite a journey to get there because my kind of, you know, I think a lot of times we're pitted against each other, and. I mean, maybe all the time. Yes, <laughs> all the time we we're are. pitted against each other, yes. and so it's hard to kind of get out of that and make sure that you can get to that point. So, how was that journey for you? So glad you brought this up. It's something like, do we talk about it? Right. I I used to have a harder time when you know women were we're supposed to be on each other's team, yeah. and I'm feeling that more and more now than I ever have. But I will say, there's been times that I've struggled when I've met a woman that, let's say. I didn't find very warm or I maybe didn't, I wasn't their cup of tea. And really what I've come to understand is, guess what? Maybe they're shy. Okay. Maybe it's early and you have a lot of energy and they're just not ready for you yet. Mm. Maybe, you know, I've looked at it a different way and relationships evolve. People don't just instantaneously connect. Some people do. Yeah. But I think women are now looking at each other. Even if we're, even if we're not each other's cup of tea, we can go, 
You go, girl. Mm-hmm. I like, I'm liking that. And that's the way it should be. We should not be. I don't know about you, but I look at women. I go, what is she wearing? Ooh, where'd she get her hair done? Ooh, I'd probably never wear that, but the, she can rock it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the way. And I'm loving it. I'm feeling safer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now a woman would have my back if something inappropriate was going on quicker than you can snap your finger. Yeah. And I would, too. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. It feels so good. Yeah. So it's celebrating each other. Oh, that, it's there's nothing better than actually genuinely feeling like you're rooting on a, someone in the sisterhood. Like, I feel so much joy and happiness from that. It, but it, again, you know, it took it took a minute to get there. It does. Yeah. It's just called evolution and yeah. living life. Mm-hmm. And um, like last night, for example. I would, I'd never met Tori Kelly. Oh, I saw you last night too. She's talking about the CMA country Christmas. Yes. Yes, yes I was there. Yeah, I'm so glad you were there. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I can't believe I'm meeting you. And I said, I am meeting you. And it was just, you know, we're separated by generations, but it was just cool to be able to look at somebody younger and go, this baby yeah keep doing you yeah you know well and that was really cool too i I, by the time this airs that will not have aired yet because this will air in just a couple weeks and people know when this uh when this uh, special was taped but i i can't wait for people to see the all-female song you guys did it's incredible i don't know how much is out there so i won't like say all the details but i can't wait for that to air and i really hope that some of like the outtakes make it because Kristen and trisha were freaking hilarious together on stage and if any if you've ever seen a picture of me and trisha then you know that there's a vast height difference well that was Kristen and trisha and you guys were like fighting on stage it was we hilarious totally and she after the show she picked me up she goes i'm going to pick you up now and i said you can and then i at one point we were hugging and i said i'm really glad you wore deodorant because my nose goes right in her pit thank you as a, that should just be a psa from all of us 411 <laughs> girls please wear deodorant yes. and if you're walking upstairs and we're behind you please just don't pass gas like those are the only things we ask <laughs> you have no idea we could write a book we can't yeah Let's do. we'll have to look into that for sure please so Kristen, you go for from Broadway, you have all of the success. You win a Tony Award. You play Glinda. You originate the role, and then you make the move to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Was that scary, or were you confident enough in everything that you had accomplished there that you're just like, "Oh, Hollywood, you're welcome. I'm coming." <laughs> it was no, I was scared, and it had sort of started after the Tony. I'd gotten the show, a big hit for sitcom uh, for NBC called Kristen. It was huge. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you never heard of it. <laughs> But what it did was it started teaching me the world. Yeah. And then after Wicked, I did, I, I actually moved to LA to do the movie Bewitched with uh, Nora Ephron and, and Nicole, starring Nicole and Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. And then while I was there, I got West Wing. So I started getting trained by some of the best when you think about it. When I say trained, I mean for the camera. Yeah. So by the time, you know, West Wing and, and, and Glee, Pushing Daisies and Glee came, I was. I felt, I guess, ready. Yeah. And and I had done a couple movies by then. And I just realized, here's what I want to say to artists out there everywhere. Um, if you do your truth, whether it's a movie, a TV, a concert, a song, an album, if you are in the moment, as Oprah always talks about, you know, she says, mm-hmm. be in the moment. If you do that, people, it might not be everyone's taste, but people can't really get mad at you yeah. for doing your truth. And I just figured the cameras were there. I'm going to do the role. I'm going to play the truth. And that's what I'm going to do my, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And it, I'd learned a lot. I'm continuing to learn. 
and I love it. I love all the different things that I get to do. It's fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've watched pretty much everything you've been on. Sweet. But The West Wing, while we're talking about TV, how the heck do you do a show like that? Because you were always like the smartest person in the room. And I don't know, maybe you have a really strong political background, but I, I don't know. How do you do a show like that? I would get these monologues about laws being packs, passed in Uzbekistan. And I was like raising my hand going, is that a leather or is it a country? <laughs> and Martin Sheen was like, go away and do your research. No, he was, they were all, what they did is they embraced me. Yeah, um, That is a cast and a show and art of that of the way it was written it's either you get on board or the train is going to leave the station mm, mm -hmm. and i wanted to prove myself and also playing the as uh, press secretary i came in as i had to be the smartest one in the room right so i learned a lot and i also sort of talked like i knew what i was talking about which make makes me a very good actress yes it does a lot of times i had no idea <laughs> what the heck was going on but i learned yeah i learned and um i had a lot of lot lot of talk 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 walk and talk mm -hmm. we would do three that's minutes. the famous thing there the, the walk, walk and talk, talk. yes thank you that uh -huh. you know that and there were no cuts yeah and you know you have bradley cooper i remember i'm gonna tell a story and uh, it's it's really funny i had a skirt that laced up the back mm -hmm. and bradley bradley whitford is a he's a jokester and we're walking and talking and all of a sudden, I'm, I feel kind of airy back there, you know, like it's air. Yeah. And I was like, walk, talk, walk. And finally, he busted out. He goes, I undid the lace. And he didn't do it all the way up. But it was like, you know, right. Well, and you made it through the whole thing? And not even knowing. I was just like, there's a lot of air back there, huh? <laughs> anyway, that's Brad. Yeah. But we, we all got really close. And I miss John Spencer every day. He's still on my phone. And mm. um, there's just people I can't take out of my phone but, yeah. but when when we lost him it felt like it was god saying it's the time. heart of yeah. the show is was him and talk about the love story was martin and him mm -hmm. but it was time to end yeah i mean it did end beautifully it did, it did. and pushing daisies another one that oh, i'm so mad at how when it ended like, I can't even get into it because I'm still bitter about it. And I don't even know how many years it's been. But it, it, that show is incredible. And, of course, where you won your Emmy from. So you're forever, like, connected to that show. I'm so right? honored I am. Yeah. You, know, you think your whole life as an artist. If I could just be, I always wanted to remember, I just wanted to be in a chorus of a Broadway show. Yeah. And, again, I speak to people who want to do what I'm doing for a living. The things that make you different make you special. I was never going to be in Beauty and the Beast. I would <laughs> never fit the costumes. I wanted to be in Les Mis. I never fit the costumes, right? So you originate things. Things come your way. And I think Olive Snook is an example of that with Pushing yeah. Daisies. When Brian Fuller told me the, the idea for her, I went, yeah. And then they told me about the look and how it was going to look. I knew it was going to be different. And we were a victim of a writer strike. We had that's right. Yeah, we had six that months. was what it was. Oh, mm -hmm. that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, I know. R.I.P. R.I.P. That must quote that. I'm gonna hashtag that later. <laughs> but I miss her. I miss yeah. the cast that I worked with. And I'm Brian Fuller who wrote it. I ended up doing American Gods for him, and we have a very very close yeah, relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. So I. I, you know, I, I miss her. I miss it. Well, with all of these talks of everything that's being rebooted and everything, what show that you've done would you actually really want to be rebooted? You know, there's two. Um, Pushing Daisies is my first mm -hmm. because we didn't get closure. Yeah. Just as a cast, even if we could have a reunion. Like, yeah. 
you know, thing. And then there's another show I get, did that I th- I do believe was ahead of its time. Um, it's called GCB. It's based on a book that um, uh, Miss, the former Miss Gatlin wrote. It's about, it's kind of like Housewives of, in Dallas. I remember this. Yes, mm-hmm. it was a lot of bless your heart. And- bless your heart. I'm <laughs> yes. going to pray for you that you look yeah. so tacky today. Yes. And I loved it because it, it, I grew up in the Bible Belt, and as a Christian person, I I found humor in that we prayed for everybody before we insulted them. Yes, you know it was that kind of humor. But um, I think I think now it would be on Netflix or Hulu. Yeah, but on ABC, it just wasn't the right fit. But I would bring that one back too. Have you had any talks about that? I don't know, but Bar- Bobby Harling, obviously, who wrote First Wives Club, Soap Dish, of course, Steel mm-hmm. Magnolias, wrote it. So with Darren Starr, who wrote Sex and City, so maybe they'll, maybe they'll reboot it. Yeah. I, well, fingers crossed. Fingers I would love crossed. to see both of those rebooted. Me too. But uh, I do want to say I'm so happy that you said what you said just now because one of the things about you know originating roles because one thing that I always try to really talk about on this podcast is when you feel like there isn't an avenue for you, create your own path, and you can still do that. You know, if you feel like there's not a space, create it. And That's right. You just very eloquently put that into words way more eloquently than I've ever been able to. So everybody listen to that and rewind and listen to that part again, because that's so important. It is. It is. I want to say this one story. Obviously, everybody here is familiar with the musical Hamilton. Yes. So when I first started out, Lin-Manuel and I found ourselves at auditions together. You know, we would be auditioning. And I was very blessed early on, even just working. Just I was always working. And Lin just was not. And I, I would, we got to know each other. And he told me one time, well, I'm working on this show called In the Heights. I said, oh, well, you know, good for you. <laughs> that's and cute. That's cute. <laughs> and then I'm presenting the Tony Award to him that <sighs> next year for In the Heights. And then I say, well, now how will you ever top this? Because In the Heights was so good. He goes, well, I'm writing a show about, um, and I could see him pause. And he goes, Alexander Hamilton. I go, now, is that? Was that one of our forefathers? I mean, I'm a smart girl, but I have to think like, Alexander Hamilton. Which one is he? Did he invent the phone? Same so, though. I was there too when I first heard about it. Yeah, I'm like, now who is that? He's like, well, I, you know, I hope it skipped to Hamilton. Now, this is a kid that decided, okay, I'm not getting cast. Guess what I'm going to do? Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm inspired by that. God, no kidding. Yeah. So many examples of people that really have created their own path. Mm-hmm. So Kristen, you, another way that you've created your own path is that you haven't just like stuck to one thing that people have said. You weren't just a Broadway star. You weren't just a movie actress. You weren't just a TV actress. You have created all of these different paths in your career. How do you find yourself in the confident way to actually say, okay, no, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to go do this. And while I'm shooting this show, I'm going to go on tour and do this. Like how, how do you actually get to that point to where you can see that as a reality? I... I must have showbiz ADD because <laughs> while I'm doing something, I'm also, though, the best advice I ever got was from my voice teacher. And she said, do what you're doing while you're doing it. So I'm really good at like, okay, I'm in Atlanta shooting this movie. When I have a break, I'm going to go back and work on this record. I worked on a, for a year and a half on this album. Mm. Okay, when I'm done with this concert, little mini tour I'm going to go back and do this and at night I'm on I have insomnia mm-hmm. so I do a lot of creative work during the night which is weird which <laughs> makes me a vampire yes um great Halloween's coming up it's a great time for you <laughs> I'm ready I'm ready <laughs> but I think 
I think that's what jazzes me the most. Um, it's been a challenge. I'm going to speak very frankly because of the lanes I'm in. It's frustrating sometimes for the people that represent me. Not so much anymore, but like, where does she belong? Mm -hmm. What's her lane? Isn't that weird how we feel like we have to put someone in a box? Like, we're more comfortable with that almost. Well, I can definitely fit in the box, but I don't <laughs> in my art. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, you you actually go out and then, and then your team is excited. I'm sure that your team gets so excited that you actually have a vision because I feel like that's kind of rare sometimes. People are very nervous about like where they're supposed to go and tell me what to do. And I hear stories like that a lot from my guests on here, you know, where you first get thrown into this world and, you know, you're looking for authorities because we're so used to having people telling you like, this is where you're supposed to go. This is what yes. you're supposed to do. And yes. it takes a while to realize, oh, I'm the authority. Like I get I, to say. Yes, I get to say, and I get to have the vision and, you know, execute that vision that I have. And these people are here because they love me and support me and want to make it happen, right? That's so well said. And I am lucky that I have a team because they're like, we're, you're our only client that does the A, B, C, D, E, F. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a large wheel, right? Mm -hmm. My challenge with it, and I want to be clear here, is that if I don't take proper breaks, mm. and, you know, I keep quoting this because my mom keeps talking about the Bible saying, you have two ears and one mouth, because I do have diarrhea of the mouth. I mean, I can talk. <laughs> Let's just be honest. I can talk. But when you be quiet, you can listen and hear that inner gut. And sometimes I think artists, we do get on the grind and then we just think, oh, I'm supposed to do this and that's being told and this is what's in now and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. No, you got to listen. You got to be quiet so you can listen to your gut. So my challenge this year, I'm, I'm working on it. It's been a constant evolution is to listen more and keep following my gut because whenever I do that is whenever I have, I have the best success. Well, and that is really actually illustrated right now with For the Girls, which is the album that you're putting out. I'm glad that your gut told you that this is the direction you need to go because I have listened to this album now, I think five times and I've only had it for a few days. And it's it's just incredible. And so on path to with like what we talk about on this podcast, you're really saluting the women that have came before you and the women that are in the game right now as well mm -hmm. and showing your appreciation, which is huge. And it has to be something that you've been wanting to do for a while, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think what happened is you have to earn those stripes before you go and ask people that you admire. Yeah. And that's the fun part about getting a little bit older and in the business yeah. and, and growing up and getting to do things with somebody that you mentor with Ariana and watched grow up. And then yeah. literally, because Ariana Grande came from Broadway, she, like people forget. I know people forget about that. Thank you for mm -hmm. saying that, because I'm like really wanting her to be in the Wicked movie and her yes. and Dove Cameron. And people are like, but she doesn't do Broadway. I go, you guys need to do your check yourself, uh, and do some research. Yeah, she started there, people. That's why she has everything that she has right now. Hello. <laughs> yes. So, um, but of course, Reba is my queen, and yeah. I wanted to do. Okay, so. Dolly is too. Dolly is the original, like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. and, but when she did that record with Emmylou Harris and Linda Ronstadt many years oh, ago, yeah. it showed me that three different types of singers can be on the same track. And that's why I'm a woman 
happened with J-Hud and yeah. Reba and myself. Oh, and that one is so good. So fun. And the Dolly, how did how did you end up talking with Dolly about doing I Will Always Love You? Because well, obviously that's the big song and she, I'm sure, has done many versions of it. But whew, the one with you was, wow. Still can't believe she did it. I'm, I thought she would never agree to it. So I, I said suggested another song that, here you come again. Oh, that's, that's my song. other favorite. I love it. Yes. Right? And she said, if we do something, I want to do something I wrote. I was like, she's not going to give me. She is not going to give me. She is giving me. She is going to do. And she did. And so because of modern day technology, um, of course, I was shooting a movie and we would video back and forth. And Oh, do you like this? And do you like that? And I was, what? Yeah. (laughs) You could spit. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I remember her telling us a story about how she did that, uh, the song with Miley Cyrus, who, of yeah. course, is her goddaughter. Her goddaughter. Yeah. Can you imagine how special? I know. And she said, she was like, at that point, she's like, I didn't really, I still don't really know technology, so I did it on my tape recorder and then had someone send my part over to her so she could figure it out from there. I was like, that's amazing. Guess I what I it. bought the other day? What? And this, this, I understand, Dolly, because it's kind of, I'm right in the middle of, all the technology that you guys know. And then, you know, I was there when Twitter, I mean, I remember when they Mm -hmm. reached out and said, we want you, we're going to pay you to like write down your thoughts about where you like to eat. Oh, weird. They reached out like trying to get you. That's old school influencer right there. Yeah, I was like, well, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. (laughs) And no, not only that, I don't want to invest in your company called Twitter. So clearly, (laughs) (laughs) oopsie. But now I love it. Yeah. And then Instagram, of course. But I bought a Walkman the other day because my phone Sometimes when I save things, maybe some of your listeners will understand what I'm talking about. In like three days, it just evaporates. And mm. like I'm like, where's my Dropbox? I can't get into it. I'm done. So I just went and bought an old school Walkman, and I'm hoping to bring them back. You know, I'll follow your lead on that. Would you? I think that would be great. Why not? You know, the other day, I, I didn't have uh, my face. You know how it has like the face sign-in thing now? Mine doesn't recognize me. Sometimes mine doesn't recognize me, and it wouldn't work the other day. And I didn't remember my password, and I was like, I don't know how to function. See? How have I gotten to this point? See? Okay. Walkman. 2020. I just got a really cute vintage one looking. Let's bring them back. We could get Walkman fanny packs. Yes. And, and they take up both of half of our bodies because we're so tiny, but it's fine. It's fine. We're, we're going to scale happen. them down, girl. We're going to get right. them called scaled down. Oh, love it. Us. There we go. I mean, I'm really into this. We, we've got a lot of business ideas from this know, podcast, so I'm, I'm very excited about it. But again, the album, it's called For the Girls. Please check it out. It's available now. And Kristen, before you leave, I, I know we're running out of time here, but I really just wanted to tell you kind of a story of of how much you mean to me. And um, ah, so I I've been following you since I was a little girl, and you're gonna make me cry. Now. I'm sorry. I feel yes. like I've never cried doing something like this, but <laughs> I just. I have loved watching everything you have done. And my brother and I idolized you, both of us, and really connected over everything that you've done in your career. And I struggled so much when I was younger with my height and being in musical theater and having nothing really, nothing really made for me. And my brother and I would always sing duets and he would always sing Wicked with me. He would do all the things. and. Um, one day when I was having a really, really hard time being teased for being small and not being able to have the parts that I wanted, he had told me, who's your idol? And I said, Kristen. He said, she's done this all. She's been able to do it all. 
there is no way that you can't do this as well. There's, you can do anything that you can, that you want, because look at Kristen, look at what she's done. My brother passed away in 2016, and I think that, I think about that sentence that he says to me all the time, and that's really how I gained the confidence in my height and, and being myself and paving my own path. And I think about him saying that to me all the time. And I wish that he could be here to show that him saying that to me has led me to actually meet you in my life. And I'm just so thankful that you're here. And I'm so thankful that you've done everything that you have. And I just, I love you. I adore you. And thank you for saying that. Thank you. Because I understand. People told me no, too. You know, when you go to the bank and you can't see over the couch. <laughs> yep. You know, and <laughs> you're like, I'm never going to make it. I can't fit into any costume. I, say, I look different. I'm, you know. Yep. I get it. And I think that your brother is definitely looking down, especially in this moment, because you know. And for me, as an artist, to hear that, all the work I do, it means more to me than anything. You have no idea. Thank you. Thank you. That was intense. It's not often that the opportunity presents itself to tell your idol what they have meant to you. And that is not lost on me. So thank you for sharing that moment. She had so many incredible things to say, and I hope that people that needed to hear it heard it. All right, let's get to some thank yous. First off, Kristen, who I still can't believe is even real. I love you. Make sure to check out her new album that we were talking about. It's called For the Girls. It is so good, so vibey. I just can't recommend it enough. Thank you to her entire team for making this possible. You guys are awesome. And thank you to the Breaking Through team, Brian Webb, Joey Salvia, and Jim Casey. But most of all, thank you for listening. As always, if you can, please take a second to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. That makes it easier for people looking for a new show to find it. Also, I just love hearing what you guys think. So I really appreciate when you do that. You can also hit me up on social media. I'm at Elena D. Smith. That's E-L-A-I-N-A-D as in dog, S as in Smith. And that's everywhere. But I spend most of my energy on Instagram. So just a heads up. And we've got some really influential women coming in the next few weeks. And I'm amped to tell you that we are finally getting one of our most requested acts in here next week, The High Women. She walked straight up to me and she said, I want to start a band with you and I want to call it The High Women. Amazing. It was loud back there and I thought she said The High Women. And I was like, I think that name is taken. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, no, you know, it, it needs to be this. And it needs to be about this. And it just immediately, I just sort of, visualized it you know and i and i knew i needed to keep in touch and we needed to start this for real until then hope you have a great rest of your day i love you guys from the westwood one podcast network